Hey guys, welcome back to the Kindred Spirits podcast. My name is Serafina. And I'm Izzy. And today we are reflecting on, not to be dramatic, but our life lessons from eclipse season. So as many of you guys will know, pretty much the entire month of October, a few weeks before and a few weeks after, known as eclipse season. Do I remember the exact dates? No, I don't. I'm not an astrologer. But basically that entire time frame is called eclipse season. And so both Izzy and myself had quite dramatic eclipse seasons this year um, with some pretty interesting, intense, yet also fun and optimistic uh, life lessons that we would like to share with you guys. So we will get into all of that. So, but before we get into that, I did have like a little bit of a soft intro that is really exciting for me. It's going to make no sense to a lot of people who are like, duh, Sarah, just do it that way. (laughs) But in case you guys are new here, I have the weirdest little picadillos, like fake rules that I've made up around tarot cards where like, I basically am only allowed to work with one tarot deck at a time. Uh, No one told me I had to do this. This is just a weird thing that I was like, you know what? There's rules to this. There's not. And I kind of just came to the realization today that I do not enjoy using the tarot system nearly as much as I like using Oracle cards. What was happening was I was forcing myself to do it because the tarot is the traditional system. When you read cards, you read tarot. And what kept happening over and over again was I would keep getting cards and saying to myself, what the fuck is this supposed to mean? Like, I don't know how this yeah. relates okay. to the question that I asked. Let me, just so like, let me just like stop you for a second. Yeah. Because I've actually been going through the exact same thing. <laughs> really yeah Mm -hmm. oh god see I'm so glad I'm saying something about this because Mm -hmm. it's so and again no one is telling me I had to do this it was a weird thing where I even subconsciously sometimes I was like okay we got an oracle card for the day now you have to get a tarot card and I never wanted to I never wanted to. And half the time, you know, you get the high priestess or the moon or the tower and you're like, oh good. Yes, this makes sense. But if I get a court card, I'm instantly mad. I'm annoyed. Why get, get this out of here. What does this mean? I don't know how to make this mean anything. And I just realized I am making things unnecessarily complicated. (laughs) I'm putting all of these like roadblocks in my way for literally no reason. Yeah. And there's no rules to this. And why would I do anything that is not like the highest height of joy in this process like I don't understand why I'm doing this (laughs) yeah no dude I've been having the exact same thing come up for me and I realized this was happening because I was like I would always find myself like just browsing through tarot decks like online and for a little while like because I have had problems with shopping in the past I don't so much anymore Um, but I, I used to have problems with shopping in the past. And so I used to sort of like blame it on that or like blame it on like my ADHD, like, oh, I'm just getting bored with it or like whatever. But I would be like scrolling through like Etsy or Amazon or wherever looking for like my soul deck or like whatever the fuck. Yeah. And I finally just realized recently, literally after funny that we're talking about like the eclipse season and stuff too, but like after the eclipse and like the new moon energies and everything have cleared out, I've been having this realization that like, I don't really like tarot that much anymore. And it's not to say that I I will never use it ever again, or that I don't know how to use it or that I, you know, absolutely despise it or anything like that. But like you said, with like when there are Oracle cards available and I feel like I connect with those more and I feel like I'm able to 
actually sort of like understand, like not necessarily only understand the message, but understand the message in the context of the question that is being asked. Yes. yes. Then yes. like that is like, yeah. And like this, the synchronicities, the amount of synchronicities that I've gotten using Oracle decks is like insane. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like words that are used on the cards or specific imagery that is used on the cards or with some decks, I do like to pull in the guidebook regularly, not all of my Oracle decks, but some of them. And the messages that I get with the Oracle cards, it's just like, oh my God, like this is exactly like yeah, what I needed to hear or, you know, maybe not necessarily what I wanted to hear, but, you know, the clarifying message that helps me understand my situation better. Yes, 1000%. And also I just find that for the types of questions that I'm asking, which are usually, by the way, what's the general vibe of the day? You know what I mean? If you ask what's the vibe of the day and you get the ace of pentacles, I have to like do mental gymnastics to come up with something versus I can pick up any Oracle card with the question of what's the vibe for today and instantaneously be pulled in a million moments of inspiration directions. I know exactly what, where, where we're going with this. Like there's no, there's no, wait, what? <laughs> right. Exactly. Huh? Exactly. Again, I just found, especially with the court cards, I was getting angry and annoyed. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm getting rid yeah. of these cards. Yeah. So what I've decided to do. So Rebecca Campbell has these decks that I currently have the one that's called the Starseed Oracle, but she has, I think four of them that are all similar artwork style vibes, but they're like different versions and they have different motifs and themes. I'm going to, I'm combining two of them and I might do more into like one giant mega Oracle deck. And it's just going to, I'm just going to use that only for a little while. I love that. I know. I love that. Yay. I'm like really excited. <laughs> I'm excited for you. I, so weird thing with decks, I feel like I've sort of come at this standstill with my deck collection where I'm like, I have decks that I get good messages with when I need them, but I don't know. I, I've, I've been feeling weird about my collection and I don't know if I need to like go through and purge things or if there's like a deck that like I'm supposed to have that I don't have yet or like what it is Mm. but there's just like I don't know there there has been like a disconnect even with the oracle decks that I do have so interesting I'm I'm on I'm on the lookout like I'm not actively like scrolling through Amazon or Etsy or anything being like looking for something to want you know Mm -hmm. but if something catches my eye I'm like trying to be aware of that so Yeah. Well, you do have three coming to you because three, my husband- you got me three. <laughs> uh, well, no. So the two of them were extra ones. So for the audience, I do this thing where I find a deck on Etsy and I purchase it from Etsy. And then I get too impatient to wait for the Etsy seller to ship it to me. So I buy it again off of Amazon <laughs> <laughs> with next day ship. And then I give the other Etsy one when it eventually does arrive to Izzy. So there we go. <laughs> I don't do it often enough for it to be like alarming. I've only done it right. twice and I will stop. Right. I will will stop. you? <laughs> Actually, please don't stop because I do every day. So yeah. And one of them is the Starseed Oracle. So maybe that's the nice. one. 
Nice. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe one of the one of the three will be the deck that yeah. my collection is missing. Because it feels like I've it feels like I've got a good group together, but it's like there it feels like there might be one thing missing that's like gonna pull it all pull it all together. Yeah. Oh, also oh. one of the other ones was your Christmas present from last year. Oh. Never- <laughs> so no, I didn't buy you anything actively. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, oh shit, yeah, that's right. I gotta send all this. <laughs> um, happy so late that. early Christmas, I guess. Yeah, there so, you go. Yeah. Um. Oh, one other thought I did have, and I don't want to make this too dramatic or too like psychoanalyzing it, but I was thinking about this a little bit more, and specifically also because I'm so drawn to like New Earth, Star Seed, Oracle decks. It's I kind of feel like maybe for me right now the tarot is maybe too old school, like too, um, like things we used to do or ways that humanity used to interact Mm -hmm. cycle used to be stuck in. Right. Cause it's kind of, it's cyclical in terms of like this happens and you make a choice and then here's the consequences. And like, it's just maybe, and again, I don't want to like, cause I have so much love for the tarot. I don't want to disrespect it. And I don't want to imply anything about it, but maybe those are cycles that we're just not going to be doing anymore. And so maybe it truly doesn't apply as a system or needs to be updated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me for sure. For sure. I feel like the tarot is like, I mean, there's lots of different quote unquote origin stories of it, you know? So like no one really knows how old it is, but um, yeah, I could definitely see that as being like, I don't know because like it is more so associated with like witchy stuff and like the darkness and stuff like that so like it makes sense if like your path is shifting and again not to say anything bad about the tarot because I still love the tarot it's just um kind of like changing and shuffling things around (laughs) shuffling things around (laughs) look at that (laughs) (laughs) oh I love a good pun me too all right let's get into our actual topic um So things we learned during eclipse season. Do you want to yeah. go first? And by the way, don't feel like you have to do, I have like bullet points of individual things I learned. So don't feel like you have to tell your whole story Yeah, all in one go. Like we can right. sl- like slowly dissect it together. But if you want to yeah. start. So I was thinking about this today as I was driving around getting Christmas decorations and getting different preparations in order for Thanksgiving and everything. Um, But I feel like the biggest thing that I've learned, and this is going to sound cliche, but when I do get into like the specifics as to why I learned this lesson during eclipse season, maybe it won't be quite as cliche, but I learned not necessarily how to trust my intuition, but I learned how I learned to appreciate my intuition And I learned that it is something that I, it's just very like inherent to me as a person to live by my intuition. And I've always Mm -hmm. been that way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, in our last episode, we were talking a lot about the, the idea of like being a black sheep or like a star seed or like whatever you might want to call it. Um, And I feel like for me, having this strong intuition that I have and allowing myself to live by it or not even allowing myself but just sort of naturally living by my intuition is part of what makes me a black sheep if you will Mm, yeah um 
because I had this situation. Um, well, I don't know. Do you have anything to say on that before I get into to the so, other So yes. So are you saying like a huge reason that you feel like you're different from a lot of people around you is because they're maybe using old programming or like societal programming to make decisions and you're like yes. absolutely not doing that or like starting to even like do it less and less and less and the more you deconstruct that the weirder quote unquote you get while simultaneously becoming actually <laughs> normal and like doing things the way that there's no supposed to but like if we were going to say how we're supposed to live like that's what you're right doing. <laughs> yeah I mean to answer that very long question in one <laughs> word I would say yes yeah um but yeah so and I'll give an example of what I mean so for anyone who's been listening to our podcast um you will be no stranger to this story of mine but I grew up with a narcissistic father and I was always sort of able to like even from a very young age I was sort of able to understand that he was just not right mm. and um I would say things or do things or act in ways to not not around him because I knew not to do it around him right but like with my mom or like with other members of my family and um they would always be sort of taken aback by things that I would say or do um and they would be like well what makes you think this about him and then I would I I wouldn't really know what to say because it's like on all accounts like by all appearances he's quote-unquote a normal mm. quote-unquote loving father who maybe has a little bit of a temper problem you know yeah but like mm -hmm. you know he's he's great he's a great guy you know he's a great guy but I always knew there was something else under the surface there yeah from a very very young age and I recently had this experience um with my workplace um and my employer and I realized that the like well let me just back up a second here so I started working at this place not long after we moved um to where we are now and so it was I've been there or I had been there basically a year at this point um and throughout that entire year I could not help this nagging feeling that like something here is just like not right um it just doesn't feel like a good place to be yeah um and I would like talk to people around me about it and some people would sort of know what I was talking about or whatever but not necessarily in the same way that I that I felt it if that makes any sense it's like mm -hmm. I they knew that like oh our boss is like being bitchy today or something but they they didn't understand like the depth of what I was talking about when I would say something you know what I mean yep like it's normal like right not that it's normal but I think a lot of people that are not as tapped into their intuition don't perceive the degree of separation and wounding that's taking place. It's like, right. yeah, it's not ideal, but is it that bad? And we're over here like, oh my God, this person is like so separated and in pain and in trauma and in acting from their shadow. And it's like, oh my God, it's like the end of right. the world. They're literally, feel. this person, my boss was like literally like 
an energy vampire. Like you could just feel it. Like it was just like being around them was like, it was like you just had everything sucked out of you. Um, And again, everyone there, like no one there really like liked them, right? Like liked the boss, but it wasn't, I don't know, like nobody, I could just tell that, that nobody really got it the way that I was seeing it. Mm. I totally and, get that. Yeah. And so when I decided to quit, um, which by the way, the <laughs> <laughs> the way that this came about was that my friend and previous coworker, she she had previously put in her two weeks notice, and this was actually happening on her last day. And this her last day was occurring on the new moon in Scorpio. And she oh, was I love yeah. that for her, first of all. Right. Right. Well, she comes to me sort of like behind the scenes and she's like, hey, I just want to let you like see something. And so she shows me this like email chain. And basically my boss was talking behind my back to a bunch of colleagues of mine about my pay, about my schedule and about how I am just too emotional and how I am I just get upset way too easily about these things and so (sighs) basically what it boiled down to was that my boss was not going to tell me about these things that were going to be affecting my schedule and my consequently the pay that I was going to take home for that week she was just not going to tell me about it because I was going to get too upset about it (sighs) but yet she was but yet she was talking to all these other people about it right but not to me which ironically, she is the one, not that she's too, she's emotionally unhealthy. Like, right. I think what people are trying to say when they say that someone's too emotional is what they're trying to say. That person is emotionally not healthy, but like, it's the opposite. Right. <laughs> In right. this situation, it's the opposite. Like the people that think of themselves as like, not too emotional, you're dissociated. Mm-hmm. You lack self-awareness, you're not connected to your body, and you're dissociating from reality. That's right. not healthy. <laughs> like, right. And I like in my mind, I'm sitting here like, well, who doesn't like if your pay gets disrupted for a whole week, yeah, who wouldn't be upset about that? Who wouldn't yep. have something to say about that? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. And it just sort of made me realize, like, okay, so I've been right the entire time about this person. Yep. Yeah. She's actually a, a toxic vampiric narcissist. And because and I know that she's a narcissist because she's got all these flying monkeys, right? Who are doing her bidding and um keeping quiet about things that she wants to keep quiet about mm-hmm. um at the expense of other people in the office. And then she's using me basically as a scapegoat in that situation. Yep. Um, you know, she's not gonna do this really difficult thing that that's like so hard for her to do because I would overreact to it when in reality I have every right to be upset about the situation. So anyway, so that day, again, new moon in Scorpio, which was the closing of the sort of like portals that had opened on this eclipse during this eclipse season. Um, I scraped, I scraped right in with that last minute. <laughs> um, but I texted my boss and I was like, Hey, are you here? And she's like, no, I'm out of office. I'm on vacation. I'm like, of course you're on like your third vacation of this fucking year. 
mm-hmm. good for you. We're on our fucking backs, right? But then I just texted her and I was like, I'm done. Like, you know, and I had yeah. no intention of coming back um, because I, I live in an at-will state. I think most states in the U.S. are at-will employment. So, like, you don't have to give notice. You don't even have mm-hmm. to tell them that you're leaving. Like, if you just don't want to be there, you don't have to be there. Um, of course, there are consequences to that, right? But yeah. uh, that's that's another story. <laughs> um. So anyway, I had no intention of coming back. Um, and then some other things happened and I felt her, we had some conversations on the phone and I felt her sort of manipulating me into staying. And I started to sort of like fall for it a little bit. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can stay for two weeks. Yeah, I can do this. And then she starts talking about, we're going to have you and. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, maybe let's just have you come on part time and but we're going to have you sign this thing that says that if you leave, you have to give us a five weeks notice, which is illegal, illegal, illegal. (laughs) And so, again, that sort of snapped me out of it. And I was like, wait a second. What? (laughs) Yeah. So long story short, I don't work there anymore. Um, I have other things in the works and I think it's going to be much much better for me um but yeah so that's my story of Mm -hmm. how I learned to appreciate the intuitive my my intuitive nature I suppose and I feel like I've always sort of been in tune with that part of myself again from a very young age particularly when it comes to sniffing out dangerous people to be around Mm, yes um And I think, if anything, I just learned over this eclipse season and with this new moon and everything that I should just, I should appreciate that part of myself and not push it down. So, yeah. What, um, so one thing I found during eclipse season is that it was an emotional upheaval in terms of like me learning about myself on an emotional level when you were quitting and when she was trying to manipulate you back, were there any like primary emotions or like wounds from the past that you felt getting picked at yeah so I would say the biggest one that it sort of brought back up for me was the um emotion of like desiring to belong Mm. um because a it's like she was trying to get me to to stay right basically she was trying to get me to stay and it was like this feeling of wow like she really wants me there and like Mm. Because I mean, and that's what narcissists and abusers do, right? Whether it's in your your workplace or wherever, but like that's what they do. They, when you threaten to leave or when you do leave, that's the moment when they start love bombing you and they start saying like, you're so great and beautiful and wonderful and I can't imagine this team without you and blah, 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 blah. So, um. Yeah, so of course that was a big one that came up for me. Another one that came up was um, like just fear, just generally fear, like being afraid that I'm not going to to find another job Job, or something, which I mean, I think that's like a natural fear to have. But I also sort of always knew in the back of my mind that like that's not something that I should be afraid of. Um, Because I mean- 
I interviewed for two jobs yesterday and I was offered both of them like <laughs> on the spot. So it's like, it's not like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not something that I should be afraid of. But again, I'm not beating myself up about that because I think that is partially just a, a natural human response to have, you know? Yep. So, yeah, I, so I found that like the emotions that were being exposed during eclipse season, like the point of it was anything that prevents you from making a conscious choice, like triggers mm-hmm. that when you're presented with the need to make a choice, what is standing in your way from consciously choosing and like what pulls you in, yeah. like sucks you into things. And like, I definitely relate to staying in bad situations because you're, you like the fact that you feel like you belong and you're also scared about leaving. Like yeah. you could maybe even say I'm staying in my current job because <laughs> although I will say yeah. we just got a nice little holiday bonus that I, they do it. Like they compound it based on how many years you've been there and I've been there for eight years. So mine was pretty mm. hefty. And that's yeah. the only, I'm like, I can't leave because yeah, doing that. And I keep staying there longer and getting more. So yeah. Yeah. But I totally get that, that fear of like, well, and actually this kind of speaks to like the concept of divine surrender also. Right. Of like, if I trust and do this thing because I feel called to do so from a higher perspective, like what if I'm wrong or like what right. if I get led in the wrong spot? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really tough to to surrender to the the possibilities of things. All right. So what is something that you I have other ones, but we'll we can kind of go back and forth. Okay. Here. So the first one that I felt, or not that I, the first one that I felt, the first thing that I learned during eclipse season is the degree of fear that is in my body at all times. Like the reality that I had been living in like a fight, flight, freeze response for just the entirety of my life. Um, and so the whole, oh my God, I don't want to tell the whole story about my boiler again. I just can't bring myself to do it. You guys, please. I'm sure the audience knows I've talked, I've talked about this ad nauseum, but there was an additional thing that happened. You like literally can't see me right now. <laughs> it is. I was just about to say, it's like so bright. I know. I mean, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. I, if my husband can hear me right now, he has to help me put my blinds up tomorrow. Cause this is truly <laughs> so bad oh there look at that I can't hold my hand like this the whole time though <laughs> that's fine guys we just have to we just have to she's listen just an angel she's I just an angel from on high um the best part is is that this is literally not going to stop for the remainder of the podcast because this is just where the sun is for this part of the day anyway um so the update to my boiler story is on the Scorpio new moon, which yes, you accurately described is like the, was like the closing, putting a little ribbon on eclipse season. And in fact, for both of us, it was literally like, it took the small trigger that, or the big trigger that we slowly experienced during eclipse season. And it just like threw it in our face on the Scorpio new moon. So I, it was like 10 o'clock at night on the new moon. I'm laying in bed all of a sudden I get this random thought to go do something in my laundry room. It doesn't matter what it was stupid, unnecessary and random. And it kind of almost feels like a little bit of divine intervention, like something popped it into my head. So I went to go do that thing. And then I looked down at the floor and my boiler was leaking again and everything's fine now. It's fixed now. I don't want to talk about it, but 
what I felt was just a tremendous sense of like fear running through my body in a way that like made literally no sense. And I think it was kind of a moment of like, oh, wow, I have a lot of complex trauma like stored in my body. Like, I don't think I appreciated that and saw it accurately. And I always knew that I had reactions that were like super heightened from other people but I never, I didn't realize it was as bad as it was. Um, and so the good news here though, is that instead of dissociating, the good news with this is that I stopped doing my old pattern of behavior. Like my old pattern of behavior, when I experienced a trigger like this, that sparked anxiety and fear was I would tell myself you're overreacting, just calm down. Like it's not that big of a deal. Um, and then I would do things to take my mind off of it. And what I did instead was I sat down at my altar and I just let myself feel the fear for as long as it needed to be felt. And it was just, it's one of those things where like, when you start doing something differently, it takes a really long time and a lot of repetition for it to have payoff. But it was just the fact that I had enough awareness and presence and control in that moment to intentionally choose to sit down and let myself feel it instead of trying to micromanage it and make it go away and make it stop. Like I truly just let it exist in my body and oh boy, did it hurt. Like it hurt so bad. It was so uncomfortable and I felt it stronger than I think I felt it in a very long time. And I I kept asking Ariane Rod, like why, like why did this seemingly small trigger make me feel this fear in such an intense way. And the response was, is because you're actually letting yourself feel it now. Your body has been experiencing this this whole time. You've just been dissociating from it, not paying attention to it. And the effects have still been happening to you. You just didn't know what was happening. So it felt so intense and so all consuming because I actually let myself pay, pay attention to it. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, like being a massage therapist, like I've learned a lot about how trauma is like stored in the body and stuff. Yeah. And that's like so accurate to all of that, because if you what is the name of this book? There's a book that I have seen circulating around and I keep meaning to get it. But the title of it is always whenever I hear it, it always like hits me again. It's called like um what is it called trauma it's like fuck let me look it up yeah okay so the title of the book is called feelings buried alive never die Mm. and whenever I hear that just the title like I've never read the book but whenever I hear the title because I've seen it circulating around I'm always like reminded of how intensely true that is um Yeah, I would really recommend, I know that we've talked about it before, but if I would really recommend like trying to go find like a myofascial release specialist or something that can like help with that. It can be really intense, but it's, it's really beneficial in my, I do think I am going to look into it because this is another thing that I noticed as I'm letting myself like be present with my emotions and actually feel my emotions. You've told me that in the past and there's always been a little voice in the back of my head of like, it's not going to do anything because I've been so dissociated from my body. The potential reality that emotions could be related to my physical body is just like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not even a thing. So uh, I, yeah, I have a lot of stories about myself that are in fact not true (laughs) 
at all. Um, One of them even being like, I don't know, as I'm going through this, like I can already feel the fear lifting a little bit. Like I think the first step was recognizing just how regular it was. Like the amount of times I catch myself listening for sounds in my house that would indicate a problem to the point it's subconscious. Like I will literally be laying in bed. Oh, and then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh dude, you're listening to see if you can hear something going wrong right now. Yeah. Dude. Or the amount of time I walk around, look, I do the same. This is the whole boiler story of the whole reason this happened in the first place. And also the groundhog story in case anyone's been around that long. Like I look for problems And this is a a generational curse, generational trauma thing on my dad's side of the family. We look for problems. Yeah. In fairness, we solve them. We're good solvers, but (laughs) gosh darn it. If we don't spend the majority of our time, the majority of our conscious focus looking for problems, it's exhausting and painful. And like, I don't want to do this. Like, it feels like it's against my will. Yeah. So but also as I'm noticing this, I feel so much lighter, like in, just in every way humanly possible. Um, Good. Yeah. 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 Yep. So do you feel like you have that tendency? Like, is it only, is it mostly or only showing up like in specific with things with your house or do you feel like it shows up in other ways too? So the reason it is showing up in my house is because I don't go anywhere. Uh, so this is when we talk about earth being an earth school, this is it. <laughs> this is my <laughs> playground to experience trauma and triggers. So basically what has happened is in uh, all seriousness, though, the reason I do it is because I've experienced so much fear throughout my life so repetitively that my body like, again, I did this subconsciously of just like isolate yourself. Like it's too much out there. So just shut yourself in. And so what has now happened is my higher self is like, okay, uh, it's time for you to learn this. And the only thing we have to play with is the house that you're in. Yeah. That makes sense. um, And in fairness, they have given me multiple opportunities to address this. I don't know if the audience remembers this, but I demoted myself at the beginning of this year in my job. And I was supposed to learn this through that promotion. Like that promotion mm-hmm. triggered the checking and the fear and all of that. And I should have should have paid attention to it. Didn't do that. I ran away from it instead. And so the universe was like, okay, so we're going to have to fuck some stuff up in your house. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You're not giving us much wiggle room. So yeah. Yeah. How did it show up in the promotion situation? If you don't mind me asking, if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. Oh no, I'm totally good to talk about it. In fact, if anything, again, the universe gives you like less emotionally charged scenarios first. Like, I don't care. I mean, it pays the bills, but like emotionally, I don't, I shouldn't care about the job at all. Emotionally. I care about my home because that's where you, you know, you feel safe in your sanctuary in your house. So, but what was happening with the promotion was I felt a large weight on my shoulders to get everything right. And so what this manifested in was I was constantly checking my emails, checking any of the systems that could have gone wrong that I was responsible for, just like never feeling like I was, what I was doing was done or was good enough and was constantly putting this incredible weight on my shoulders to, to find the thing that I was going to get in trouble for screwing up before anyone else did. Yeah. Uh, And it became so much. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I demoted myself. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like you said, I think you'll have different opportunities to approach the same 
same shadow, same lesson, same issue, however you want to look at it. I think, you know, it's really interesting when I look back on everything that happened for me with like my job and stuff too, because in a similar way, I mean, I talked about this in the last episode, but I had this like moment and I don't even know what triggered it. I don't even know if anything did trigger it or if it was just something that like was brought on by my subconscious, higher self or angels or like whatever the fuck. But like, (laughs) um, I had this moment like a few days before the new moon where I was just like crying like all day, like thinking about how like I'm so different than like everyone else in my family. I'm so different from like basically everyone else that I know, like in real life, really. Um, So like I'm never going to belong anywhere. And like there's this intense fear that was coming up that like I'm never going to live the life that I want to live because I'm never going to belong like Mm -hmm. in any kind of space and then all of this shit like blows up in my face Scorpio new moon so yeah I think I mean I think part of it is that like you know you are given opportunities to sort of resolve it so to speak in different ways but I think also there's like it's like a buildup, right? So like you have like these little smaller experiences um, things that are maybe arguably depending on who you ask like less consequential experiences that are sort of like emotionally priming you to like confront it if that makes sense like it's sort of like dipping your toes in a little bit before Mm. plunging (laughs) yeah Uh, that's a good way of looking at it I the reason I, I say it's um like you're given opportunities before they upscale is because what I have found is that it's a part of me that wants to be seen and heard. And when it's small stuff, I ignore it or suppress it or be like, just get over it and move on. And then the more you do that, the more it's like, okay, well then we can keep getting louder until you stop doing that. So that's the reason I think of it like that. But your outlook is also very interesting and valid of like, it's like little tiny, like preparing you, preparing you, preparing you. And then it's the boom, the big one. I will say- during eclipse season, we were brought to the emotional brink, like the just total brink. And again, from an outsider looking in, it makes no sense. Like girl, your boiler's leaking and (laughs) you're under warranty and it's fine. Um, so it's not about like it making sense. Cause I literally, I laid in bed that night and I thought to myself, if I can't handle the amount of pain in my body right now, if this is life, like I can't keep doing this. And again, there was I a get piece that. Of I've me, been there. There was a piece of me observing that, like, this is irrational, but also it makes total sense because it's not about this one thing. It's about the years of this feeling all coming down on your shoulders right now. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Thousand percent. No, I've definitely had things like that. And over, like, it's so interesting to me, too, because, I mean, clearly I just both of us, you know, we've been through it recently, but like, I just went through a thing with like my job and everything. And so you would think that like, if I was gonna have like a big emotional, like bringing me to the brink of like, I can't handle life, like that would be the thing. But I feel like whenever I've had moments like that, which I mean, I think everybody does from time to time. Right. Mm -hmm. But whenever I've had moments like that, it's, it's been in response to like seemingly little things. and so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's just interesting to me. I totally agree with that. I mean, the original boiler story was my old one 
almost poisoned us to death with carbon monoxide. And my emotional reaction to that was I panicked in the moment, but then when we came inside and this actually plays into another lesson that I learned, but when we came inside after the fire department left, I laid down and I was like, I've never felt safer than I do right now. Yeah. Yeah. The fire department was like walking through your house, windows, doors all open because you were being poisoned and you've never felt calmer when it's (laughs) over than right now. And the reason for that, by the way, is that I expect bad things to happen. I, and this is a pattern from my childhood because I had a very emotionally volatile situation where I never knew when I was going to get in trouble. So I am constantly holding my breath for the other shoe to drop. And so the reason I felt so calm after my boiler tried to kill me is because (laughs) I was like, oh, this is the thing I was scared about. Now I can rest. I've at least got a couple of weeks or months before another thing happens. So I can chill now. Yeah. Well, God damn, that's such a painful way to live. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I get that. I get Ah. that. Cause it's sort of like you, you're expecting the worst thing to happen. The worst thing happens. And then you're like, well, nothing else bad can happen. (laughs) Right. And it's like, I'm never at, I should say was never, because again, I've made quite a bit of progress in this space, but I was never calm until I was right after something bad happening. Right. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's, that's a really interesting way to put it. I feel like I've experienced the same thing too. Um, and you know what, that's actually bringing me, we, this was not on the docket to talk about today, (laughs) but that's actually bringing up the concept of the cauldrons of poesy that I, Mm. I think I shared that with you. But basically, the cauldrons of poesy, and I think I'm saying that right, is it poesy or posy? It could be posy. Posy. I don't know. It's P-O-E-S-Y. And I think it's supposed to to be like poem. That's why I'm saying Mm. poesy, but I don't know if that's correct. But anyway, the cauldrons of posy, we'll just call it that. I don't know. Either way, I'm probably probably sound like an idiot. But the cauldrons of posy are these like things that are sort of like energy centers I suppose um sort of like if you think about like chakras um but they come from uh like the Celts specifically in Ireland and so you have three of them and one of them sits kind of like right where your root chakra would be one of them sits like right where your um I guess in between like your heart chakra and your solar plexus chakra because it's kind of like at the middle of your rib cage sort of and then the third one is at the top of your head and the one at the top of your head which of course would be akin to like the crown chakra um it's said to be like you're born with the cauldron being tipped over on its side so you're not able to receive um like downloads if you will from like Mm -hmm. higher sources or like communicate or um, a lot of times they would use this as um, a way to explain like why great poets receive the inspiration that they that they receive. And if if your cauldron, if your head cauldron, we'll just call it that, is tilted to its side, you're not fully able to receive that that spark of inspiration, right? Mm. Well, what what causes the cold your head cauldron to be like turned right side up? is sort of like um it's sort of like a puzzle of like the the exact right emotions that you receive and so um, these emotions could be 
anything that would be categorized as like sorrow or like ex- ecstasy, sorrow or ecstasy. So things within the sorrow category might be like grief, rage, fear, things like that. And um, this was also used to explain why some people get a sudden sort of like burst of inspiration after like really terrible things happen to them. Mm. So yeah. like, um, and something that I have experienced recently, my one of my dogs passed away a few weeks ago. And um, I don't know, it's been strange ever since that happened. It's like, yeah, you know, there's been a grieving mourning period that I'm still sort of in. But at the same time, it, it feels like I'm seeing clearly, like I'm seeing things more clearly because of that. And so I don't know, that that just made me think of that because it, it's almost sort of like if a really bad thing happens that like you're worried about happening and then it happens, you're sort of like jolted like back into mm-hmm. your body for a second and you're sort of like no longer dissociating. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. I also, I mean, everything we go through that we've gone through during eclipse season was in the service of awakening us. Like, absolutely. Totally. Um, yeah. And that's always true, but I just feel it was especially true for this particular portal. Um, and I you know what's interesting. I watched a, a video today of this guy talking about new earth. Yay. Fun. Uh, but he was talking about how we have to clear blocks in our lower chakras before we're able to sit in the heart and like experience life through the heart. And that I, I can feel my guides pushing me to operate from a heart space a lot more. And I'm feeling activations in that area in ways that I never have before. And it's so fascinating to me that I, I'm stepping into that on the heels of feeling intense fear, which of course root chakra all day. And also the realization that my root chakra has always been blocked my whole life. Yeah. Because, because of this particular shadow and this wound. Oh yeah. Interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. So another thing that has, that I've learned throughout eclipse season is that I just, And this kind of goes in with like the first thing, but I really just have to stop trying to be like everybody else because like it doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't really matter like how much I try to be like other people. Like, A, I'm never going to achieve it because like I like, I can't just see someone I like, whether it's like their aesthetic or like their personality or whatever, and then just replicate it like that's impossible first of all second of all like karmically speaking I'm not here to be that person in any way shape or form I'm here to be me so Mm -hmm. I I just have to let that I just have to let that happen (laughs) I love that for you was there a specific thing that triggered that um I mean I think it's sort of just the culmination of of all of the things that I learned I mean as far as like learning to trust my intuition and learning to appreciate my intuition because it's a big part of what makes me who I am. Right. Um, even though it is, it's something that makes me who I am, but it's also something that sets me apart from other people. Um, and then also the whole thing with like sort of confronting the, I mean, I know this is a loaded word, but confronting the demon of like institutionalized religion and all Mm. of that and just all of these things that I sort of these situations that I sort of put myself in because I 
desire so deeply to belong. You are like totally <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> and you're loving it too. Like- I kind of am. I kind of am actually. It's kind of my vibe now. <laughs> the screen is just like white I know (laughs) oh my god I forgot what I was saying um do you remember what I was saying (laughs) oh institutionalized religion and all of that Mm -hmm. just all of these situations that I put myself in in effort to quote-unquote belong to a group um it's just not worth it because all that ends up happening is that I end up resenting a lot of people in my life that don't necessarily deserve that from me um and then I end up just not being happy so yeah that is what happens isn't it when you are not authentic you end up resenting you end up feeling resentment yeah because it's kind of like oh well I'm trying so hard I'm doing all of these things to like fit in or to like appease these people but they you know, it's still not clicking. We're still not getting along the way that I wish we would or like whatever. Um, Or they're treating you, they're treating you appropriately for what you're pretending to be, but you're not actually that. (laughs) Right. So they're treating you, they're acting like you're this person and you're like, God, but I'm not, why are they treating me like this? And it's like, girl, that's because what you're pretending to be. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactamundo. <laughs> I have that with work. I have that with work. Do you remember when I was like, God, I'm in a, I'm a leader and I don't want to be a leader. And it's like, girl, cause you keep showing up to job interviews with like boss girl leadership vibes <laughs> and they're treating you how you're acting. If you don't yeah. want to be a leader, then you have to stop acting like one. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. And you, actually the reason I do that at work, um, is because I, like rightly observe that when people act like that, they make a lot of money. And I was like, all right, well I'll do this, but I hate it. (laughs) I hate it. And I don't want to do it. Yeah. 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 And like, this is kind of adjacent to it, but I've, and like not necessarily a spiritual lesson that I learned through eclipse season, but I learned that like, be like, I don't know how I want to word this. Actually, never mind. I don't need to talk about that. It's fine. Are you sure? Yeah, no, we're good. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, okay, okay. So my actually, well, my next no, okay, okay, sorry. My Bridget is like, no, fucking say it. And I was like, okay. So good. another thing I've learned it that is sort of like in conjunction with like, stop trying to be like everybody else, just be yourself and blah, blah, blah. So like I said, and like you'll know if you're not new to, to listening to the podcast. So I am a massage therapist and I love being a massage therapist, but I recently did throughout eclipse season have this stint where I was like, I need to do something else. I need to make more money. I need blah, blah, blah. And, um, then everything happened with my job. And then I found another massage therapist position and all of that. And anyway, long story short, I just, I realized that I, I like being a massage therapist and I don't really want to do anything else for the time being. And, But there are, of course, there are drawbacks. There's pros and cons to everything in life, right? Um, But a big thing, like, and the main reason why I was like, I should go get a different job or do this was because of money. But like, why, why, why do I need to make more money? Oh, yeah, I need to make more money so that I can keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, Mm. so that I can 
do everything that everyone else is doing so that I can buy those jeans that are like $200 that nobody actually needs. You know what I mean? And so I just had this realization where it's like, no, I don't need all of these other things. I just need to do what I'm supposed to be doing. And this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And therefore that means that I do have to make sacrifices in other areas. And I do need to just adjust my life yeah. and adjust my expectations to to all of that. And honestly, it it's it p- takes a lot of pressure off of me, which is like good, really good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I've always had this attitude of like I will do what I have to do to make ends meet, but no more than that. Like uh like if I decide I want something, I will do what I need to do to make that happen or if I have to, I will do what I have to do to make that happen, but I don't I don't want to do above and beyond. You know what I mean? And you know, it's interesting that you say that. Cause I remember you saying you were going to start going to school and like, you know, explore different career opportunities. In the back of my head, I was like, no, the fact that you do something that you love as a job, the rest of us are so jealous of you. Like I can't even begin to explain to you. And I'm sure I know it's not perfect, right? Like no one's, but like, I, there's nothing I can do in the field that I'm in that would even bring me a shred of joy. So like, <laughs> the fact that you like, like are passionate about the thing that you're doing. I'm like, girl, you can't ever leave that. Like yeah, you got to do that yeah. forever. And of course, you know, do variations or like maybe open your sure. own thing and stuff, but sure. like, mm, my God, don't throw that away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's kind of like where I've landed with it. Um, But again, it all just, and the reason why I brought it up was because it just, it goes back into the whole, like just being myself and just allowing myself to be myself and not trying to keep up with everything else and all that making, again, making appropriate adjustments when necessary, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love how perfectly this correlates with the next lesson that I learned also, because so And I want to be very clear to the audience that what I'm about to describe is why I was doing something. So if you also do this, I'm not implying that you're also doing it for the same reason that I was doing it. But when we, I look back on old episodes of the podcast and old videos that I made, and it's very clear to me that I adopted a certain opinion and way of presenting myself to kind of come off as like a cool, like it's not that serious. You know what I mean? And it was basically any time that I got close to talking about new earth basically and would back myself away from it. I even just did it there a little bit. If you see, I can't say new earth without making some kind of like, it's not that, I don't mean it like that. Like I can't, and I'm trying to, it's subconscious. I think it's because I studied people when I was a kid and I felt like I was the weirdo and I didn't want to feel like the weirdo. So I like paid attention to what everyone else was doing and like constructed a personality around that. I'm trying to be like the cool girl. Like, yeah, I'm spiritual and woo and I believe all this nonsense and like crazy stuff. But like, don't worry guys, it's not that serious. I don't take it that seriously. I'm like grounded and mature and like practical too. Stop what you're doing right now. That's so inauthentic. And then I turn the yeah. camera off and I talk to myself and I'm like, here's all the stuff I wish I would have said. If I was being authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So I think there's a lot to unpack with that one, you know, just about authenticity and everything. But I think, I don't know, what comes to my mind is just like being like a spiritual person and also like a content creator, like that comes with like a special kind of pressure 
I know. I feel like even if you only have like 50 subscribers, like it doesn't matter. Like, because everyone's spiritual paths and spiritual beliefs like are so important to them. And you never want to like make anyone feel like excluded and you never want to make anyone feel like you think that they're wrong about something or like anything like that. But at the same time, express your own beliefs and express your own experiences and opinions. So like it makes sense like why you started doing that, like on top of like trying to have like a certain persona or something but also at the same time trying to balance like this is what I believe but I also understand that other people have different experiences and blah 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 blah, blah, blah without like mm-hmm. going into all of that so like it makes sense to me but... but I wasn't doing it for that reason I wasn't doing it because I genuinely was like I want everyone to like agree I, I was doing because I was scared I was scared of getting yeah. in trouble. I was imagining what someone who disagrees with me would say. And it was always like snarky and like, well, actually, and you don't know. So I was like trying to prevent that from happening. I was trying to not um, get in trouble yeah. um, because it felt so, because my outlook on that is, and like, I'm still a nuanced person. Like I'm not, you know, completely, like, <laughs> no, my way is the way, like, obviously, but like, yeah. I don't, I'm not in danger of doing that. So I don't need to police myself when it comes to that. Oh, yeah. There's a deer outside. Oh, he's a good baby. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, so yeah, I was doing it to not get in trouble. And the th- the reality is, is that you will never find your actual audience if you're not actually right. who you are. And yeah. also, when I come across, so like I'm a mentally healthy person. I mean, everything in this episode would suggest the opposite. Of that, <laughs> but like, it's fine. Like I'm when I interact with people, I'm like more or less mentally healthy. So when I come across someone that I don't vibe with at all, do you know what I do? I just click off the video. Yeah. So like if I'm if I like stumble across a video of a Christian content creator, I have no expectation that they would tailor their message to suit me. None whatsoever. Right. Yeah. If they say something, I'm like, oh no, I just leave. I just yeah. leave. I just need to expect other people to do that too. And if anyone doesn't do that, if they're like, oh my God, you didn't say my thing, then you know what? Be mad. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Like, yeah. I, I, I was stopping myself from stepping into the fullness of who I am. And by the way, you can't do that if you're going to channel. Yeah, you can't because they're trying to tell you to say stuff and you can't be like, well, I can't say that. That's not going to work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Thousand percent. So the last point that I wanted to share of like lessons that I learned during clip season and it's so like as I was like typing these out, it's so funny to me, like how the through line of this is literally all about like belonging to something or someone Mm -hmm. um is that my ancestors care (laughs) and that like that yeah and that like my ancestors are like there which is a big part of the reason if not the reason why Bridget stepped forward and then now also the Dagda and others but I'm not gonna Mm -hmm. get into all of that um but yeah, I I never really and it's it's strange for me to like verbalize and talk about because although it's something that I have believed in, it's never been something that I've been like focused on in my practice of like, oh, I have this like ancestral altar and like I have all these things. But it was like the moment that like after Bentley, my Yorkie passed away. It was like, I don't know if it was like a portal opened then or like Mm. what, but it was like, suddenly they were just there. 
And like basically every interaction that I've had over the hedge, like with Bridget and the Dagda and Danu and everything, um, like my ancestors are also there and they've made their presence extremely known to me. And it's still new and it doesn't like it's strange because like you would think for someone like me who's like got this big wound around like a belonging and like all of that that I would be like oh my gosh I'm so excited about this but it's like I, I'm I do have like nervousness around it and yeah. I don't really know what I, I can't like pinpoint why but it's there mm. so but but that is something that I've learned is that they're here and that they care and that they've they've really always been there but yeah. I love that <laughs> for you is it what about it makes you nervous? Is it like a, like, I don't want to let you guys down or like, there's too many guides in the picture. Like, please calm down. So I think part of it is like, there's too many guides in the picture because I mean, I grew up Christian. I'm used to a one God type of situation. Mm -hmm. That's a part of it. Um, but another part of it, like, I, I honestly can't pinpoint it. I don't think it's about like, oh, I don't want to let you down type of thing. I don't think that's it. I think it's just like, mm, it's it's a lack of trust. Mm. I don't trust it and I don't trust them. And I've also been coming up against this like with Bridget and the other guides that have come, like the other named guides that have been coming forward. Um because I, I do have this fear that like, oh, I'm going to like put in so much work to like try to build this connection with you and like get to know you and all of that. And then it's just going to like vanish and be gone. Mm. Mm. And so I think that's kind of where it comes from. So I don't know. And I've yet to sort of put my finger on and figure out like, okay, is this – do I need to get over this fear by sort of like – not caring like if a guide stays or goes like is that the lesson I don't know or is it more of like this this is the path that I need to be on for the foreseeable future I don't know so (laughs) I don't know what it is but I don't think you're supposed to get to a place where you don't care that doesn't yeah right but I do I could see a situation of like maybe not being as so codependent with our guides where Mm -hmm. it's a mutual relationship. And if that needs to disband for some reason, we can like be okay with that versus like a, my piece of a piece of me and my identity is shaped by the existence of you in my life. Um, I could definitely see that. And I definitely see that myself too. I love that though. Yeah. It's, it's tough, but I, like like I said, it's it's good in a lot of ways, but that is something that I've been struggling with it. So yeah. yeah. Um, the last thing I had real quick, and then I do have three cards that I just want to share real briefly. But the last thing is I had a little bit of a red car effect moment. Like I don't know if you if you you know if you look for a red car, you see them everywhere, like that type of thing. Oh yeah. So I've always known or like believed that everything is a mirror, like every relationship Mm -hmm. you find yourself in every situation you encounter is a mirror back onto yourself. I've always just like taken that on faith. I see it now. Oh my God. Once you see it, it's everywhere. And I can see it in other people. I'm like, I know exactly why you two are hanging out with each other. And it's, Mm. it's so obvious 
that yeah. you actually have to like calm yourself down a little bit. Cause like what people don't like is when you point that out, <laughs> yeah. you have to be, unless you're dealing with someone that like already is kind of has that, you know, um, like view that of the outlook. world. Yeah. Yeah. But also turning it inward to yourself. Oh my God. It's everything. Right. And it also highlights how this is a simulation. Uh, (laughs) in such a profound way, like even just taking it back to you having that situation at work and my boiler leaking the night of the, the night of the new moon, when we both knew spiritually, this is supposed to signify all of eclipse season into one little moment. And that just happens to happen. No, no, this is a simulation. This is like, not, I mean, it is related, but so the day before this happened the day before the new moon. I sat at my altar and I told Bridget, I was like, I told her what you said. I said, I consent to my initiation. And then all this shit started happening. And I was yeah. like, fuck, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this is what the guides mean when they say like, at some point you're going to have to believe that this is real. And it's, it's not that you believe that spirituality is real. It's that you realize, oh my God, what I think is real isn't real. And like how things happen, nothing happens. Nothing just happens. It's all right. cause and effect. And like that gets ugly, by the way. And I understand why some people, a lot of people talk about the law of attraction and manifestation, but then they go, but not everything. Like some things just, right. bad. sometimes bad things just happen. It's because it's really uncomfortable to be like, nope, actually literally everything is cause and effect all the way through. And we are in a collective. So it's not just like, just what you do impacts you. Like of we course, all impact yeah. one another, but it's literally all cause and effect. And it's yeah. wild how obvious that becomes once you start seeing it. Yeah. And I think like, I don't know. I I think if you start framing it that way, like it stops. I don't know. I think some people are afraid to say that too, because they're like, oh, this, if I say this, then that's going to make people feel like bad things that they've gone through are like their fault. But in reality, I feel like if you truly sit with the reality of that and you truly sit with like, the truth of it and actually start to let it sink in and feel it as true, then it stops being like, this is my fault. And it becomes more of like, this is just the way of things. This is just how yeah. it is. You know what I yes. mean? Like gravity. Like yeah. It just, it's a universal principle. The yeah. other thing is I've started to like accept the fact that I chose my circumstances um, from like a higher self perspective. Cause you have kind of like that moment of like, it was me all along when you realize <laughs> I would, the best parts about me, like my consciousness expansion, the fact that I do see things from a spiritual would have never happened if I wouldn't have gone through all the shit I went through. And like, once yeah. you see that you're like, oh wow, this was actually a huge gift but it doesn't change the fact that it hurt like a mofo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually been reflecting on that myself too. So you know how like everything I've been dealing with emotionally has been like around belonging and like family and all of that. Like I, so my sun sign is in cancer Mm. and cancer is all about like family and like the home and like caring about people that you love and stuff. And so like, I don't know, there's been a piece of me that's been in the back of my mind, like, well, why did I incarnate as the zodiac sign of cancer when, like, I don't have these things in my life? Like, I legit just don't have them. And then it hit me, like, recently, like, within the past few days, it was like, you're here to learn the importance of it. 
And the reason why you incarnated under that sign is to signify to you that this was part of your life path. And the reason why you don't have it is so that you can learn how important it is to have it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And also, as you go through your shadow work, you become it. I am a Sagittarius. My whole, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm introverted and Sagittarius's (laughs) are super outgoing and adventurous. This doesn't resonate at all. And the more I heal, the more I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) when I was a kid, I was a Sagittarius and then all that shit happens and it, in it. Yeah. So hundred percent. Totally. Okay. Real quick. I'm going to, oh, sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, that's okay. Okay. I'm just going to speed through these cards because they're like too good to not share. So the first one that I got was double mission, light worker, star seed, serve the world by being you. Um, love I mean, it. Do I need I feel to like say you more? got that in the last one too. In the I last episode. We're embracing being star seeds now. And then <laughs> this all happened during eclipse season. Here we go. We probably need to do a whole separate episode revisiting about being star seeds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to this next one. This is ridiculous. Cracked open rock bottom surrender to the alchemy of life. Mm. I didn't hand pick this. It came out in the shuffle. Okay. Cracked open. If I had to describe eclipse season cracked open sounds about right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Last one. I remember soul plan, the fated life versus Mm. the destiny life. Remembering is another huge theme that came up for me during eclipse season. Remember, remember what you actually are. Remember what this reality actually is. Remember why you came here in the first place. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And I can't wait for my version of the deck. Yeah. You're going to love it. It's so great. All right, guys, we're exhausted. That was fun though. Yes, it was. For barely having any notes. I feel like we might take breaks more often because we come back and we're just like, guys, yeah, here's all the stuff. So appreciate you guys being here. I have been one of your hostesses, Serafina. And I've been your other hostess, Izzy. We'll see you next time. See you guys next week. Bye. We'll see you guys next week. And we both we'll said it at the same time. We'll see you when we see us. <laughs> yeah. Whenever it happens. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>